Welcome back to another episode of What's Next. We are in our 2020 Advent series, and Advent is really just the celebration, the expectation, the waiting for the coming of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what we talked about this week. We talked about waiting, our Mm. favorite subject. Our favorite subject, (laughs) waiting, waiting in line, waiting for this and that. Um, Not our favorite hobby or activity. (laughs) No, I am not the most patient person, so I can admit that. But uh, it was a great message. We talked about um, the comparison between waiting for... Um, the coming of Christ as we celebrate in Advent when Jesus was born, and then the relationship that has with the coming of Christ uh, in his return, his second coming, the second Advent. Uh, because we often don't talk about that at Christmas time, and yet um, that's the hope that we have. That's the hope that mm-hmm. we talk about, right? It, it comes out of the first Advent, but it's the hope that is before us. So, Yeah, yeah the idea would be to be able to identify with those that were uh, who had listened to the prophecies from the Old Testament and in the mindset would be the Messiah is coming and when he will come and all of the long waiting for that to come, we too have the same attitude that the Lord will come, but he'll come again, he'll return and the Messiah will come back, but he'll come as a conquering king, and he'll come with a different kind of way than he did as the, the initial time as a baby. Um, but there's, yeah, there's that idea of what can we learn, and how do we understand, and what is God up to in those times of waiting? And so when we look at that, uh, that first time of waiting, the first Advent, um, you talked about the 400 years between the last uh, prophecy declaring that the Messiah was to come and when the Messiah actually came as a baby. Um, and, and the fulfillment of that, and really the fulfillment of the prophecies then spanned over 35 years, mm. basically. Um, it didn't all happen that one night. Um, it was the beginning of the fulfillment of the prophecies. Yeah. Yeah, and the 400 years is that range was it 400 exact years uh was you know what, what is the last stated prophecy about the messiah to come um you know i suppose there could be a little bit of debate and discussion around that but let's just say uh, it was not a five minute wait for a spouse to come out from the store or it wasn't <laughs> a 10 minute wait for somebody to show up for the appointment you had scheduled at two o'clock and it's now two ten. We're talking like at least 400 years and maybe even more. Right. And so these are generations after generations after generations who are waiting for the Messiah, waiting for the appearance of the one who's going to set them free. Mm. And they didn't wait very patiently. Yeah. Um, They had all kinds of trouble. They had wars. They had uh, conflict. They had oppressors. they even oppressed themselves. They asked the Romans to come in and take over because they didn't <laughs> know how to deal with some of the things that they were going through. Yeah. Um, yeah, one thing I didn't go into, and I actually didn't study it to a great detail, and but there is definitely some good research about the ways that God was setting the stage through other empires and dynasties and leaders and how it ultimately, of course, came to the Roman Empire and Herod and we get to pick up on that in those early accounts uh, before Christ came. So, you know, 
uh, of course, the, the thought is, where was God? Uh, you know, was he silent? Was he absent? Was he uh, dormant in 400 years? Was he just, you know, as I said, is he, was he hibernating? You know, I think uh, I've been working real hard here for a long time. I think it's time for me to take a break for 400 plus years. 400 you know? years. Yeah, just, just a little nap. Just a little nap, right? <laughs> I suppose in God's economy, <laughs> that would be yeah. a little nap compared to eternity. However, uh, the reality is that God was not uh, quiet and just vacant. Uh, yeah, there were not any writings that we would say fit into the scriptures from the canon perspective. There are other books. There are other intertestamental books that are used, but uh, uh, we don't uh, see those as part of the, the Bible texts that we know today. So uh, God was at work. There's things that were happening, and of course, then there was the entrance of the Christ child, which uh, celebrates the first advent. Yeah, and I think one of the things that God was setting up was this great contrast between Christ, the Messiah, the one they were expecting, and the world that was around them. Mm. Uh, Because even as everything was being set up in the invitation of Rome, that was called Pax Romana, Roman peace, which was really peace by military might. Mm -hmm. And Christ said, I came to offer you peace peace yeah but it wasn't by military might and uh so there was this waiting for the perfect moment the perfect stage setting where when christ entered in it was not what people expected because it was contrary Mm. to what the world stated peace looked like and patience looked like and hope looked like yeah even though it wasn't really in the message but it fits with what you're sharing you know the the attitude of you know, the Messiah who was going to reestablish Jerusalem and it was going to be through a kind of a political and a maneuvering of, of cultural power. Um, and again, that wasn't part of the message, but that fits into the framework or the thinking of people when they were anticipating the Messiah to come. So, um, you know, that's, a, of course, another topic, another message, but it, it does fit into the mindset of what people were thinking as they were waiting for the first Christ, uh, first appearance of Christ. Um, and then, of course, you know, this message was to tie into that, but also to add to the Lord's return. What are we to do as we wait for the Lord's return? Uh, because there are some, there's this passage in James that really speaks to that. And it gives us a confidence that as we live today in 2020, um, yeah, we can learn from those who were waiting in the first advent, but what about today? How do we live today in uh, anticipation of his second return? So yeah, so in the message, we talked about this James chapter five or seven, dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Hmm. And so as we discussed, going into the, what was known as the intertestamental periods, heading into the New Testament, waiting for the Messiah, they weren't very patient. And I think in some ways, we ourselves tend to not, be very patient. Uh, When I think about, and again, going back to just outside of what you were talking about, but uh, as you look at Jesus' disciples, he had Matthew, who was a tax collector, meaning he worked for Rome and tried to enforce Roman peace. Mm -hmm. And then you had Peter, who was a zealot, and zealots were upset that Rome was there, and they were willing to take military might to restore Jerusalem Mm -hmm. outside of Roman peace. And, and a personality that was like quite impulsive, right? So. Yeah. And so, and like when I read my Facebook social media wall, like that's what I see. I see these two types of people. One, mm. one set like trying to 
uh, bring about uh, peace through the established government and other people trying to upend the established government. And the, the beauty of the message of Jesus Christ is he came and said, you guys have the wrong kingdom in mind, Mm. the wrong nationality. Um, it's about the kingdom of heaven. I've come to, in, to restore the kingdom of heaven here on earth, not, um, not Roman peace, not Jerusalem peace, but God's peace. Yeah. And I think that speaks really strongly to this passage of when, how are we supposed to wait for the Lord's return? Not saying we can't be involved in politics, but where does our kingdom lie? Hmm. And, and the kingdom, of course, lies in the very nature of, and a perspective that God himself has and wants us to uh, see in our lives. So that word patient is such a powerful word. And we, we see the word throughout scripture. We see it listed in the fruit of the spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience. Uh, so there is something to be said about uh, being patient and understanding what that is. And then, of course, as we think about uh, God himself being patient in waiting for people to come to him. I'm going, wow, that is something very powerful to remember and to draw strength from because so many times we will say God is quick to judge and wants to condemn and is trying to send people to hell. And the minute they make a mistake, they're done, they're out. And I'm going, hold it. Is that the God of the scriptures? It seems like God is continually being patient, waiting, longing, wooing, and desiring for us to be in relationship with him. So in a time of waiting, like what can we learn as we patiently wait? And what can we know God is up to in our lives in that time and not just let it be a frustration and not just let it become... I just don't like this. Like, I can't stand this. Like, hold it. Like, what what perspective is God wanting to uh, share with us? And so uh, I think that's the kingdom. The kingdom is saying, God, what are you up to? What is happening even in this time of waiting? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I don't think Daniel and I shared this story with you, but last week uh, it was coming towards the end of the day, and a teenager just walked into the to Parkway campus off the street, just came in, wanted to talk to one of the pastors. And so being a youth, I said, you know, Daniel, why don't you have a conversation with them? Uh, they had come in because they wanted to know what the church believed because they asked Daniel, do, <laughs> do you believe that God loves everybody? And Daniel was like, yeah, we do. We see that God is love, that he sent his son to love us and that, um, God is patient. And when he talked about this whole idea of patience and God's trying to draw people to himself and the kid's like, no, I don't believe that. I, I, I see this and this and this in the old Testament. And I think God hates a lot of people. And, right. and Daniel's like, uh, okay, <laughs> let's talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it, but we do have a patient God, but a lot of us have this this fear or this rejection of that patience, and we mm. think that he's out to get us, right? Um, rather than trying to work through the difficulties that are in our lives and draw us to him. Yeah, well, and that, that passage uh, comes from Paul writing to Timothy. I think it's First First Timothy one seventeen, And he, the passage, basically, Paul is saying, listen, I'm the worst of sinners, if, if you're going to put people up in a row and say, which one's the worst, right? He would be saying, my hands up, I'm the worst of sinners. So 
anybody who would say, I'm a really bad person, or I don't really believe that's the way God is. I mean, let's read the scripture. What does the scripture say? That even the worst of sinners, God is patiently waiting. He's longing. And so it doesn't matter if you see yourself as, you know, I live a pretty good life and haven't done too many bad things. Or you say to yourself, my goodness, there is no way that God is going to accept me because all of I, all the things that I've thought or all the things I've done in my life. Well, I can try to convince you, but the word of God has to stand true. And in that passage and other places we see in scripture, God is continually wooing us and drawing us and being patient with us as we do life. He's obviously trusting and hoping we're going to choose him and, and trust him. So, uh, Maybe that would be an encouragement to somebody today who's listening who might say, you know what, I'm beyond the reach uh, of God uh, or I've waited too long. Uh, I've had, yeah, I've had opportunities, but I just kept pushing them off, pushing them off. Or as somebody said, you know, um, when my time comes, you know, that meaning somewhere out there in the future, um, you know, why wait? Why wait till then? Uh, why this is not the thing to be patient about. Yeah. This would be like, (laughs) Hey, what about even now, even as you're listening, if you're saying to yourself, why have I waited? Why have I made those decisions? Why have I chosen to look at it this way? And my prayer would be as I speak and as I share the message and as I would want for anybody that somehow in some way, the spirit of God would get your attention that you would go, yeah, you know what? I need to make a decision now. I need to step into this and not wait any longer. So maybe even as you're listening right now, whoever you may be, and if you're in a place where you've been holding off of submitting yourself to the Lordship of Christ, maybe today's the day. And I, I pray it would be. And I pray you'd take a bold and courageous step to really trust God with your life. Hmm. And so as we're talking about the patience that the Lord has for us, there's a call on our lives to then also be patient. And you shared that between you and Sharon, you guys have the surf and turf covered, uh-huh, that yeah. uh, that you're, you're coming from the fish side, that your grandfather was a fisherman. Yep. And then on Sharon's side, her grandfather was a farmer. Yep. And, uh, and this passage, it relates to not the fishing side, which... A lot of times there's a lot there's a lot of fishing sure stories is. and a lot of farming stories in the New Testament. Yeah. And this one is one of the farming ones. Uh, consider the farmer who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. So it's already assumed that sowing has taken place, mm-hmm. that the fields have been cultivated, that they've done everything they could do, and now you wait. Yeah. And that's really hard. It is. And and to put it in the context of the scripture, James is saying this, and the people in that time are thinking, okay, the Lord could return like within a season of agricultural cycle. Mm-hmm. So, hey, yeah, seeds are planted. Now we're waiting for the water to come to germinate. But even as after it's germinated, there still has to be more water to come to mature the plant. So it could be harvested. So there is a, a aspect of, you know, kind of a fall in our cycle of calendar, a fall time for rain, say October, November in that culture, and then a spring rain, April, May, 
And so, hey, within the next year, possibly, the Lord could return. So how do we prepare for that? Well, as we look at that scripture written, uh, you know, back just in the around 40, uh, 40 to 50 AD, I, I think they're still trying to, you know, say, okay, what is the exact date? But to say then to now, we're talking almost 2000 years. And it's like, okay, we're still waiting, right? And so in that time of waiting, what are we to be about? And one thing we don't want to do is force things because the farmer can't force things. Um, I guess you could, you know, do agricultural watering. You could have dikes. You could have water systems put in, you know. But if you're talking massive land, uh, you're just going to have to trust as a farmer that the rains are going to come. And in that process, uh, God is going to be blessing this crop. So the same would be true for our lives that we're patiently waiting like the farmer who has done all the prep, but even in that time of waiting, you're still thinking about what's coming. You're, you're preparing for the harvest. Uh, you don't just sit idle and do nothing. Uh, you're preparing your heart. You're learning how to trust. You're learning, getting, getting things ready for the next phase of things. So I guess the same would be true about our spiritual life. There, there's a hope and an expectation. But I think that brings us back to one earlier question that we were talking about, which is what is it that you're sowing? Um, because uh, Paul writing in Galatians talks about you will reap what you sow. So whatever you sow, so generously. Um, if we are like Matthew and we are pushing for the establishment of the government or we're like Peter and we're pushing for the disestablishment <laughs> of the government, what we're not sowing is the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And that's what we're called to sow. We're called to sow the kingdom of heaven. Um, and again, not trying to wade into politics in the sense of you need to take a particular side. What I'm saying is you need to take the side of Christ. Hmm. Um, you, we need to be sowing the kingdom and then we need to be patient in waiting for the return on that harvest. Because when you, uh, sow the kingdom of heaven, when you sow love, when you sow peace, when you sow patience, those are contrary, contradictory to the world. And there's often a lot of pushback on that, and you have to be patient to see those crops harvested, those yeah. crops brought forward. Yeah. So, so the, the idea of waiting um, in our lives, as I said somewhere in the message, we are, we're so accustomed now to fast everything. And, and it seems like it, it is a real disruption to our lives to wait and to think that we have to wait. And and sometimes people will, uh, you know, call customer service or call the manager and say, this is unacceptable, this amount of wait. And I'm, I'm sure we've all been there. We've been in a restaurant and it just seemed like, wow, it's been an awful long time that we haven't seen a waiter or a waitress uh, even to take our order. And But you look around the room, you go, the place is packed. It's really busy. And so hopefully you have enough uh, ability to manage your thoughts and emotions and go, you know what? Hey, so it's busy. So, okay, no big deal. I know we've gone into restaurants by times when you had a very short window of time. And I've up front just said, okay, I just want to say we're, we're kind of in a pretty big hurry. And if you, if you can't manage that, that's fine. But I just want you to know up front that we're kind of in a bit of a hurry because of our schedule what do you think? Do you think you can make this work? And they go, yeah, I think we can make it work. You go, okay, let's do it. But, but at least you've given them a heads up. I, th I think the challenge is 
we tend to think that everything should go at our pace, at our speed. Uh, I gave this statement, you know, we like things to happen when we want it to happen, ain't even how we want it to happen. Mm -hmm. So that left to itself will become great impatience for us. And it will probably bring an offense to somebody else because we're pushing and forcing and, and wanting others to go at our speed and our pace. But what about that uh, way in which God works in all circumstances, even when we're waiting? What does he want to do? What does he want to produce in us? And how can we as well um, kind of align ourselves or cooperate with God in the midst of that to plant seeds and to be his kingdom influence and, and to let him grow us as he wants to, not as we think it should happen? And so waiting makes us uncomfortable. Waiting is almost intolerable. Uh, And so waiting has the same feeling to us as difficulty, as pressures. And then we even find that in our difficulties and in our pressures, in our, uh, when things are going bad in our lives, that we are now waiting for something to happen. Um, and you made this comment that it, it we learned best in times of difficulty. Mm. We learn best in times of of waiting, of being patient. Um, I know I talk with a number of people who are going through struggles, and they're like, "I I just I just want it to be fixed. I just want it to yep. be over. Like, why is God not fixing this? Like, I I'm ready to fix the problem." Mm-hmm. And often my 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 comment is God is trying to teach you to be rather than to do. Yeah. We are, we are people who are doers. We want things done right away. So we do things. We just jump on doing and God is patient. Yep. And so he's trying to teach us to be patient, to be like him. I mean, that's what Christian means. It means to be like Christ. And, uh, and so to be patient means learning to just be Mm-hmm. to be in his presence, to be present with the people around us and not be so focused on the doing. Yeah, we, we will We will want to say, hurry up, God. You know, get this, get this over with. Um, you know, the pain, the discomfort, I don't like this. And, and I want something to be quicker and faster and get over this uh, in a way that you know, suits me, right? So, Which is funny because we're like, I know you're God, but I know better than you on yeah, when yeah. this should get done. <laughs> Look, I, I know you're the God of the universe, but I'll take it from here. Yeah. You know, um, so again, the question is, and, and especially even now as we're in, you know, December of 2020, um, every time Christmas season comes around, December, you know, we talk about how busy and hectic and crazy scheduled life can be in December, you know, doing this and that parties and gatherings and, and going out to eat and going over to somebody's place and buying gifts and having family. I mean, the, the, the list is endless. Well, this year it's quite a bit different. Yeah. And it actually is, it's throwing us for a whirl because we're having to shift and adjust to the current reality of things. And yet there is also a part where, it seems more simple and basic and like not out of control. And it's almost like, oh, well, something must be wrong here, you know, but maybe it's God's way of just not saying he sent COVID to mess up our December 2020. But in the midst of what we learn through an event like this, God maybe is at work in 
ways that if we're open to see it, he's going to teach us. And so, you know, there's a part here, I think, where, yeah, God is always at work if we're willing to let him uh, reveal it to us. But if we're too busy, if we're not, you know, if we're too impatient, if we can't wait, which means slow down, you know, just take it a little slower here. Uh, I think we're going to miss some great things God has for us. So a great opportunity that's coming up for that is Christmas Eve. Every year we have our Christmas Eve traditions, and this year we don't have those same traditions. I mean, let's face it, we can't pull off the same traditions we have. Family can't come home. We can't go to them. Uh, And even, you know, to let you know, Christmas Eve at Hillside is going to be an online experience. We're not going to be able to meet in person. We've made that decision. Even if they open it up to some degree in the province, we're going to stay online uh, for the safety and the sanity of everybody involved. But one of the things that presents is an opportunity to be present with the family that is around you. And maybe that's going over to somebody's house or apartment or having somebody over to your house or apartment that's family. But then to just be present with them and to join us online and to be a part of celebrating the hope that is to come. And I think in that moment, if we're willing to be, we will really experience the hope that we're talking about today about where they were patiently waiting for the Lord to come in the first advent, it will really highlight for us the the expectation of the Lord's return, that second advent, and the hope that we have in that in spite of the COVID situation, in spite of the fact we can't celebrate Christmas with all the traditions that we've grown up with or had all the time, we can say, you know what, it's not what I expected, it's not necessarily what I wanted, Uh, I'm impatient for next year to maybe get back to some of my traditions, but for now... I'm going to be, and I'm going to be patient, and I'm going to look with hope and expectancy at the Lord's return. Hmm. And and who knows? You know, traditions have to start somewhere. There had to be a beginning of that tradition with somebody somewhere that then somebody else might have picked it up and carried it on and so on. Well, who knows? Maybe this year God will break in to many people's lives to create new traditions or new habits and and rhythms that will be repeated next year. So it may not be, let's just get through this year so we can get back to what we would do next year. Maybe God's going to do something new and fresh. And why not? Why not expect that? Why not be ready for that? But not just at Christmas. Why not that to be the attitude that is ongoing all the time? Because Traditions can be like rote. They just do, we do it because that's what we do, but we don't even know why. We don't find the meaning in it. Or maybe it's a sentimental kind of meaning that makes us feel good, but it's really about our humanity. What is it about what God might want to do through a time like this that we're in that could be about teaching us for the rest of our lives and future Christmas gatherings and so on. So I think there's a way in which instead of just saying, I got to have what I've always had, or else I just can't experience Christmas. You know what, maybe that equates to, I'm not really thinking much about this. I'm just going through the motions. Could there be a way in which God might want to do something new? Hey, I I think it could be. So uh, why not be open to it? Yeah, I mean, realistically, God is always doing something new. Exactly. 
and yet we sometimes get so stuck in our old ways that we totally miss it. We yep. totally miss it. And, and you know what? I mean, it is a rhythm. I mean, I, I think one thing I've noticed this year is uh, people have had Christmas lights up for a lot longer than what I've seen before. Like in mid-November, you know, there were Christmas lights starting to go up. And we ourselves, we had our Christmas tree and our Christmas lights on the house earlier than we ever had before. So did we break tradition? Yeah, we did. But hey, that's okay. This was the first year we ever put Christmas lights on our house. (laughs) Oh, there you go. So uh, you know what? I think there's ways that people are going, okay, you don't have to do it the same way every year. And if somebody says, oh, no, no, you, you, you can't, you can't mess this up. You go, okay, hold it. Now we're wrapped up in someone's preference, someone's uh, kind of structure. And that's unfortunate because maybe they're not even open then for God to break in with a new thing. So, hey, why not uh, in this time of waiting, in this time of even disruption of COVID as we approach this Christmas season, why not be open to something new and see what God might do as we're waiting on him and uh, let's see what God does in our lives. Awesome. So let's wait with expectation, with patience uh, for the Lord's return and let's make sure we are sowing seeds that further the kingdom of God Mm. rather than the kingdom of man. Thanks for joining us for What's Next. We look forward to having you join us next week as we continue in our Advent series and as we look forward to the coming of Christ and Christmas.